Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is uh, uh, not Don Pardo, I'm sorry. It is, in fact, Corbin Smith, the host of Take It or Break It. Sports takes game show of your dreams, your nightmares. This uh, episode that you're downloading on the Round Ball Rock feed is not an episode of Round Ball Rock. It is, in fact, an episode of Take It or Break It, a uh, podcast that comes out like twice every week that I make uh, with all kinds of sports writers. And in this episode, has Sean and Joey from Round Ball Rock on it. Uh, so if you enjoy it, please head on over to the Take It or Break It feed, uh, give a little subscribesy poo, and uh, check out some of our great episodes. We've had some. Uh, Wonderful guests. David Roth is on a lot. Uh, Ian Carmel is on one episode. Uh, Kelly Dwyer uh, you might be interested in. Uh, so uh, come on over. Check it out. A lot of fun. Uh, and enjoy this episode. It's the Take It or Break It podcast. Starring Corbin Smith, Myers Leonard, Yusuf Nurkic, Joey Devine, your hopes, your dreams, your nightmares, Sean Keane, Nikola Jokic, Nate McMillan, Musical guest, the Dandy Warhols, and now the host of Take It or Break It, Corbin Smith. Thanks, Joey. Uh, welcome <laughs> to uh, Take It or Break It Sports Takes Game Show Dreams Nightmares. Corbin Smith. I'm here with um, two guests. I was gonna say special guests. That's <laughs> not. That's not. Uh, uh, oh, number one, a comedian and the host of the Ramball Rock podcast is Joey Devine. Joey, how are you doing? I'm good, Corbin. How are you? I'm well. What's going? On? I, you know, I lost my wallet yesterday. Oh, what no. happened? Uh, I, I, I was on the bus. I tapped my thing to to make me pay for the bus. I keep my card in my wallet. 
I I got off the bus and I didn't have my wallet anymore. Did you cancel all your cards? I only ha- I mean I only have one card. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I did cancel it. Um, I got a new hop card. There wasn't really there wasn't any money in there or anything. I was you know it wasn't the worst thing that's ever happened to me. But did you was there anything of sentimental value in the wallet? You know I was trying to remember. That's a good question, Joey. Because I was, thank you. I was trying to, I was trying to remember that myself, and I can't think of anything that has sentimental value that's in there. Because I have a Don Nelson basketball card, and I would be really sad if yeah, I lost it. Yeah, that would be. Is it him as a coach or him as a player? A coach. Oh, okay. <laughs> as, as of the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, as as I think it's safe to say, God intended him to be. Yeah. Uh, the the coach of the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was God, but you know, somebody made Don Nelson part of my life for upwards of twenty years. So it may have been like Loki, the god of mischief, that did that, not the traditional Judeo Christian god. If, if tomorrow they fired Kerr and rehired Don Nelson, like, how mad would you really be? Not mad. Not at all. mad. I love Don Nelson. I don't. I also don't think Kerr is going to be a coach all that long. Yeah, it seems like his. Uh, it seems like his body is slowly betraying him. And he has yeah. like a really satisfying, like rewarding per uh, a home life. It seems like, and that is in San Diego. Like, I I could see him just doing other things. I guess. Uh, like if the Warriors win two more in a row or something, I can imagine him just sort of. Yeah. Deciding he he's, he's done little, it. He seems a little well adjusted to do the Belichick thing. Right, right. Who seems? Did you see that that crazy I, ESPN I, story? I, by I, the way, I'm 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 dribs and drabsing it. I didn't read the full five. I I it's like five thousand words. I think I'm probably not. Gonna yeah. Read. the The gist of it is basically that Tom Brady's bullshit snake oil doctor is destroying the Patriots and his relationship with Belichick. It's great. The thing about... Okay, sorry. Let's... First off, the the other host of Round Ball Rock is our other guest. A a Don Perdo impersonator. It's Sean Keen. Sean, how are you doing? (laughs) Hey, I'm good. I'm I'm good. There's a third... There's a third Round Ball Rock host, but nobody knows who he is. Um, Well, he's a lot more famous than we are, which is the the funny thing. He's a regular writer. <laughs> Bleacher Report writer Dave Schilling, who had a child and abandoned us. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like our dad went out for cigarettes and never came back. Except those cigarettes are a wrestling podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and, and actually, he embraced fatherhood. So he's a deadbeat father to us by being an actual father to his real son. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, guys. I know that. I know how hard a parent leaving can be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 okay. W- apparently, okay. Two things. First, first, uh, Brady complaining about not getting Player of the Week. What yep. a dumb shit. Patriot of the Week. No, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. Patriot of the Week. What a dumb shit thing to do. Like, 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 dude. You realize that you are fabulously wealthy, and that everybody else on your team has like a two-year career, right? Like, you get yeah. that. You get that this isn't for you. 
that every other player of your peers has been ruthlessly thrown in the trash by your coach. Yeah, and will be and will be chone and will be chewed up and spit out by the industry in which he is. Yeah, and then his entire life to be in, and then trashed by the Boston media on their way out the door. Yeah, as a Boston athlete is when they leave. Uh, and but you are are sad that you don't get Casey Holdall, a Blazer. Uh, he a Blazer. Um, and calling him a Blazer writer, he works for the Blazers as a writer. Uh. Uh, he was like, man, that's just that's just what like great athletes are like. Like they're just all assholes. But even then, like, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, get it together, Tom Brady. If you're listening to this podcast, once you, I, Corbin wants you to get it together. Second, we have to yeah. talk about we have to talk very briefly about the uh, the uh, painting of Don Nelson's uh, poker room. Oh, definitely. Yes. Just because Don uh, Nelson came out, and I know that this is uh, something you guys are more than a little interested in. Uh, uh, wh- wh- who's your favorite person on the Don Nelson poker room painting? Oh, well, good question. So, Joe, jo- we apparently know somebody that's uh, some- Joey. Is it your friend's dad? Yeah, I what? worked at the Bubba Gum Shrimp Company for eight years, uh, and I worked with a girl named Shay whose dad is Willie Nelson's guitarist, and he's also a member of the Doobie Brothers currently. Uh, a touring he's member. Don... He's not a canonical Doobie yeah, a tour... Yeah, a touring <laughs> member. And he is Don Nelson's next-door neighbor in Maui and is in that painting. What, what, is, what does he look like? Who is he? Uh, he is the one... He looks crazy he has a cowboy hat and blue tinted glasses Back and he's in the upper left, left oh my yeah. god <laughs> uh holy moly i and i i i keen keen who do you want to shout out on this bad boy today i mean this guy that i mean i wanted to shout out that individual uh <laughs> It's, I feel like Owen Wilson is too young to be in this picture, oh, but yeah, he yeah, is, yeah, yeah. and he's sort of like, <laughs> it's like, like I don't know sad. how that exactly happened. I think what might have happened, actually, is that um, because Baron Davis weirdly went to Crossroads, this very, uh, this high school in L.A. that's a, like, performing arts magnet thing, which is why he and, like, Jessica Alba and Kate Hudson are buddies from high school. Like, you graduate by, I think you had to, when Baron Davis was there, your final senior project was, like, show running Veronica's Closet um, for a semester. This but, is uh, actually incorrect, Sean. I oh. know why Don Nelson is friends with uh, Luke and Owen Wilson. Oh, they're, oh. Because oh, they that, took uh, him to the Academy Awards that one time, too. They took Don Nelson to the Academy Awards one time. And it's because they are Dallas Mavericks fans, Oh, and okay. at one point they were making a basketball TV show that Don Nelson was on the year in between him being on coaching the Mavericks and the Warriors. Don Nelson was filming a basketball show where he played the coach that was produced by the Wilson what? brothers. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. There's a pilot yeah. where Don Nelson plays a coach on a basketball yes. team. Does he yeah. coach one of the Wilson brothers? 
I don't think so. They produ- they were producing the show. I think okay. it was for HBO. I think it was like a K Street style HBO show. If you guys, I think it was called K Street. That weird like yeah 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 word yeah yeah somebody somebody played <laughs> themselves. If I, if That's I yeah. It was like uh, the. Uh, uh, the Louisiana Clinton guy. Um, what's his face? Uh, James the Cargo. raging yeah, Cajun. Cargo, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So wow, and that was that was like even before the We Believe connection. The, yeah, the star-studded We Believe run. In and Oakland. that's why I forget what year it is, but there's a year at the Academy Awards. Yeah, it's 2006. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where oh, John Nelson is sitting up, <laughs> next to uh, like. George Clooney, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Although there is a guy here who looks not unlike Riker, I really, it's hard not to talk about Woody Harrelson playing chess. It's true. Uh, uh, He is. Because uh, it's like a specific era Woody Harrelson, too. It's like the hemp era Woody Harrelson. What, what's our current? What, what's our current Woody Harrelson era? Uh, he's not like getting serious again. He's trying to win an award, I think. Good, yeah, you know, good actor. I'm not here to blame him, but no. there's just something about him playing chess. Like, hey, I'm here to hang <laughs> out, but I don't know if I'm into all that poker stuff. And he's he's like pointing too. So, oh, he, I mean, his whole look like. Gas station, marijuana beanie, um, terrible. It's not puka shells, but it's like worse. Puka is the necklace he's wearing. Yeah. yeah, and he's and it looks like he's trash talking his chess opponent too. Yeah, I you know I always thought looking at it right now, I feel like he's like dropping knowledge about something like ah, yeah, you know, the, you know the government controls us with fluoride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, let me get back to my script here. Uh, thank you for joining I us. Should, Corbin, you actually don't know this, but our biggest fan, uh, Dubaru, sent us a giant print of that painting that he, like, printed off at Kinko's that has our faces oh, what a, uh, what a poorly guy. photoshopped into it. <laughs> What a guy. What a guy. Dumbaroo like, is really a legend. It's it's weird the relationship we have with our number one fan. I sorry, I looked at the painting one more time. Who is the guy in the black shirt who is leaning over and pointing? Oh, it he looks like I mean he, he looks like he's on cocaine for one. Oh, certainly. <laughs> Is he like? Is he like a failed celebrity chef? I, it's it sounds as legitimate as anything. This bald There's guy. Also... This bald guy is definitely a showrunner of some type. Yeah, the dude. I like the the guy that's right behind Woody Nelson too, with the crazy white sideburns, handlebar mustache yeah, combination. What a, what, a, what a guy! What a guy! That's, I bet... that's Don's muscle. I also think that he is Caucasian, but regularly calls other white people Howley. <laughs> oh, certainly. He's like, he's like, get off my wave, bro. <laughs> Locals only. <laughs> <sighs> 
anyway, thank you for joining us, Joey and Sean. I'm glad we talked about a painting that people may or may not have seen. Uh, Everybody should just go to Nellie'sPokerRoom.com. Don, Don Nelson Poker Room painting. Google image it. You're, it's it is one of the most stunning things I've ever seen. Uh, and you can own you can own it for only one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars. And you can pay to get yourself painted into it. Am I, is this <laughs> yes, it's That's an extra five hundred dollars. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're not dropping the extra five hundred to get yourself uh, slotted next to Owen Wilson, I don't even. What do you? Why do you even have money? Uh, now, do you think? Do you think he would paint you for like six hundred dollars? He would paint over the depiction of himself painting the Don Nelson's poker room painting. No, he stays in. Painter stays in, oh, dude. Come on, man. That's a that's a real. Come on, he's got a he's a Caravaggio. You can't uh, you can't just take a. <laughs> out of the painting. No, it's not Caravaggio. Who painted himself in the painting? I can't. Remember. I mean, Norman Rockwell. Alfred Hitchcock. No. Um. Uh, uh, no, I don't need to know. I don't need to know. Okay, thank you for joining us. It's time to get to the gristle, <laughs> but first we have to spell out the rules. Take it a break. It is a five-round game where we discuss four topics. Not bad take is worth one or two point points, and actually, good take is worth uh, three points. I'm gonna do this on the back of a voided check today. Uh, a scorching hot take is worth five points. Uh, but beware, garbage take will be worth negative three points. But if you can manage to string together four garbage takes in a row for a total of negative twelve points, you'll be named the automatic winner of the takes portion of the contest and enter the trivia round with a pronounced four point advantage. Are we all understood? Yes. Yes. We begin with the greatest NBA story of all time. Paul Pierce went on TV and low-key complained that the Bostics were planning on showing an Isaiah Thomas tribute video during his Jersey retirement night. From ESPN. I'm not saying Isaiah shouldn't get a tribute video. But on February 11th, the night I get my jersey retired, I'm not sure I want to look up at the Jumbotron and see Isaiah highlights. Pierce said Thursday during an appearance on ESPN's The Jump. Uh, Pierce uh, noted that he was present for Kobe's retirement jersey in Los Angeles, and he said he liked how the Lakers used game stoppages to play videos that honored Bryant's career. <laughs> Several questions. <laughs> Does Pierce, an extraordinarily lucky player who got to end his career on a high note almost entirely because he played with fucking Kevin Garnett, even have enough notable highlights to play during timeouts. And why does he, in his post-career media hustle, constantly insist on subtly bringing up that time Draymond yelled, you ain't Kobe, they don't love you like that, during his last insanely shitty year in the NBA? And why do we live in a universe where people will say that Paul Pierce was better than Tracy McGrady forever? Joey, please, you first. Oh, man. Um, this is ridiculous. Uh, and I want to use an analogy here. I have a birthday in January, and I hate it when people give me pres like combined Christmas birthday presents. But I would never have the gall to complain about it or tell someone not to do it. Uh, and that's how Paul Pierce should be looking at it. This is a fucking birthday present that Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen got him. Uh... Fuck, fuck Paul Pierce forever. Uh, like, what is the highlight? Like, him in the wheelchair? Tight. Super cool. Like, Isaiah Thomas was there for two years and already has more notable Celtics highlights than Paul fucking Pierce did in 20 or however long he was 
slowly dribbling the clock out while he was there. Fuck Paul Pierce. And not all, you know, I will say also the the tenacity to do it during a game where the Celtics are playing LeBron just to like <laughs> hype that bullshit up like oh my god. Uh, a two point take, Joey. Nice and efficient, you know. People, Thank you. I try and get in and get out. Yeah, people try to bloviate. Uh, on the, on the, people people get to bloviate. It's because I have Silverman on. All right. Uh, Keen. Uh, Paul Pierce is extraordinarily lucky not only to play with Kevin Garnett, but to be in the Eastern Conference in the early 2000s. Just an extraordinarily shitty time for basketball. Uh, where Jason Kidd beat him all the time. And Tracy McGrady, you know, Grant Hill almost died after they gutted their team. So Tracy <laughs> McGrady did not have that support. But if he he's like he's not he's basically like Michael Finley, but he happened to get into a oh good my situation. God. He he but he just played a long time. It it reminds me of when Jerome Bettis was retiring and made the Steelers Super Bowl entirely about his retirement and his return to the city of Detroit where no one even knew he was from. And people were like, oh, I guess you are eight on the all-time rushing list because you didn't retire when you should have. And that's what Paul Pierce is like. He should have just quit after that Washington Wizards season. But yeah, he's 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 Michael Finley. And if Michael Finley was getting his jersey retired... I think they would still do like a cap dance and uh, uh, you know all the regular highlights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would love to see. Oh man, they should show JJ Barea highlights during Paul Pierce's retirement. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> also, he's definitely going to wear a headband with his suit, and that's going to be really embarrassing. So very embarrassing. <laughs> Or he's going to, like, give the speech and then, like, put the headband on when he's done with the speech. And then he's going to, like, wave. And, yeah. And then, and, then, and, then, and then a half full Boston Stadium will, will, will lightly clap for him in a, in a pitiable way. Because most of them are out getting beers. Yeah. Man, do you remember when he, um, like, two or three years before the end of his career, admitted to actually working out in the summer? once and was like wow this really changed the energy i have in the game it's like are you lazy <laughs> like <laughs> you decided to get in shape in 2012 <laughs> god sean you really hate paul pierce yeah I sean really, hate really paul hates pierce. paul pierce <laughs> like paul joey pierce. i felt like was doing like ah fuck paul pierce yeah, da, 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 da. but Sh this is coming from a place in sean that almost makes me like a little uncomfortable <laughs> I don't even know exactly what it is, but just like he just seems like he's this intensely mediocre player that is just will not go away. And even even on the jump, he'll make these claims like I would have drafted Andre Drummond ahead of Anthony Davis and other NBA players are like laughing at him. <laughs> when Steven Jackson's like, you're crazy, dude, that's not a great sign. <laughs> You know, do you think Steven Jackson has ever been to the Don Nelson poker room? Yes. <laughs> he doesn't seem like a Hawaii type guy, yeah, but I bet fair. he I bet he's hung out with Nelly. 
Sean, for saying that Paul Pierce is basically Michael Finley, I can do nothing more than award you five points. Wow. <laughs> the the hottest take possible. <laughs> backed up with a loathing that I truly felt and was moved by. Yeah, I actually got a little mad during Sean, the answer. Sean, congratulations. Uh, next question. Uh, we're going to do a ver- uh, an exercise. I have open in front of me an NBA All-Star ballot. I want you to please give me five players to select on this ballot. I do not care how good they bad are, why you pick them, or how many minutes they play. Please justify your choices as you select them. Two cards, three front courts, in case you forgot how that works. Uh, I will award points based on how uh, comforted and moved I am by your squad. Uh, Sean, you first. Okay, um... I want to pick at – I'm going to make him a guard. I want Eric Gordon to be on the team. I just love his return from the the dual dooms of a devastating knee injury and playing for the New Orleans Pelicans. That's like climbing out of Hades, basically, and coming back. Uh, I, I'd also pick Mike Conley just because I want people to stop talking about how he's the greatest NBA player who's never made an all-star team and instead start referring to him as, you one know, the fourth all-star. or fifth guard. Well, yeah, one-time all-star <laughs> or, like, the fourth or that fifth the best point guard shit. during... That is the coldest shit I've ever heard. Continue. <laughs> uh, I'm picking Embiid as my center. Um and I hope that he does not dance with the Jabberwockies like Shaq, but I kind of want him to do it just to troll Shaq, like just to do Shaq's greatest all-star weekend hits because it would drive him so crazy because he's so jealous. Um, also, he deserves it for being a great player. Um, I also... I'm going to say, obviously, because he's been carrying the number three team in the Western Conference, obviously, LaMarcus Aldridge has got to be on the team. (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. He reminds me of, did you hear uh, what Paul Millsap said when he was on the team like uh, a year ago? Uh, Oh, you said Paul Paul? Yeah, he said that he said that his fundamentals don't really translate to the All-Star game. So that this year he was going to give the fans street ball Paul, (laughs) which meant like. A hesitation dribble. I think. <laughs> He's like, I I almost moved my pivot foot once, and that was pretty tight. <laughs> oh, one more, and I'll take uh, I'll take Porzingis because I want to see that Porzingis Embiid front court, and I also want my favorite hot take on Take It or Break It. By the way, was the everyone should applaud Phil Jackson for saving the Knicks. <laughs> And uh, I, I just it, that would that would warm my heart to see Chris Debs starting the game. Uh, wonderful series of selections here here on our team. We've got Eric Gordon, Mike Conley, Lamarcus Aldridge, then out and then uh, Joel Embiid and uh, Chris Debs Porzingis. Uh, front court's a little crowded, maybe, but uh, 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 but it does include Lamarcus Aldridge. And so, Sean, I'm afraid I can only give you two points also <laughs> well that's what he only shoots so that that yeah, works out yeah, that's fair i'd take half a step back on this take it would have been much more valuable uh 
I, you know, you can, you shouldn't, nobody should take that. Nobody should take the greatest player who never made an all-star team away from Mike Conley. Also that, that would be cruel. <laughs> but then it goes to Monte Ellis. It, uh, I don't think it goes to Monte Ellis. Yeah, I've got some bad news about Monte Ellis, dude. Um, uh, Josh Smith, then. All right, that I'm willing to go for. Did, yeah, I tell okay. you, did I tell you guys I saw – I think I might have talked about this on your show – that I saw, that I went to a game uh, where, the where Blazers... Josh Smith destroyed Myers Leonard. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, uh, no, I went to a, a game where the Blazers were playing uh, like Maccabi Al Haifa or something along those lines, mm-hmm. and Josh uh-huh. Smith was on Maccabi. Oh, that's right. It had the, they had this weird uh, barnstorming lineup for their trip through America. Yeah, yeah, and he. Uh... Who, weren't there others? Some some other weird guys on them. Uh, I I I think perhaps there was one guy who was like weird in an NCAA way, but not in an NBA way. Uh, I just love the idea that maybe he goes the Amari Stoudemire route and becomes, you know, essentially a Zionist, just out of his cultural interest. I really don't think that was going to happen with Josh Smith. I just want to, uh, Joey, please select an All-Star team for me. Uh, okay. I'm taking uh, Embiid. You can't. No, no, no. You no, no. no I'm sorry. Oh, I cannot, can't take. Oh, I, you cannot I can't take, take anybody. You can't okay. take anybody. Keen took. Okay, then I'm taking Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, why? Well, you'll see. You'll see. It's all going to make sense. <laughs> okay. All right. Go ahead. Uh, I'm taking Dirk Nowitzki. Uh-huh. I'm taking Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, that's three I'm taking, cards. I'm taking Ben Simmons, and I'm taking my own personal. It's like that time they let Magic Johnson play when he was retired. Uh, I'm taking Anthony Randolph from uh, <laughs> from the Lithuanian team, and it's my own personal team of unicorns. All right. And also, no one is under six foot five or whatever. Uh, Randolph's running oh, it, point on that. It team, does. Right? <laughs> It does let you take Ben Simmons. I was curious. I, I don't know <laughs> Anthony Randolph it technically lets you take, but uh, yeah, just a, just a squad full of guys who uh, are too big. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I respect it. Three points to mine. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see an, an all-star game that's entirely... Anthony Randolph court players. Well, yeah, I just, mean, just five, look, just ten Anthony Randolphs. Five Anthony, yeah, ten Anthony Randolphs would be like, uh, like my heaven. You know who the, co- you know Pop- the coach is. Well, it can't be Don Nelson. No, I was going to say try two... and bench all ten people. <laughs> I was going to say it's two separate Don Nelsons, but <laughs> it really. Uh, I think there was an All Star game where Pop played like Garnett at point guard for a couple minutes and it was like Duncan was playing the three it was really it was like Yao Shaq Duncan Garnett and and Dirk think, oh and Dirk. Dirk yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Dirk really so that is was... Dirk really is the shooting guard in that one though congrats to Dirk yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um real quick on Anthony Randolph I know I'm the only person who cares as much about Anthony Randolph as Anthony Randolph's family. Uh, I think you that... might care a little more. 
But the fact that Anthony Randolph has uh, somehow, like, handcuffed himself to Luka Doncic is, like, the funniest thing in the world. Wait, like, wait. he played... To, do you Have you paid I, please, attention please, to this at all, Corbin? Me, please fill me in on this. You'll have to forgive me. I'm not this deep in Anthony Randolph. Trivia. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anthony Randolph, uh, former... Bust, former NBA bust. He's uh, not even really a bust, though. Well, I guess he's a bust. He was the 14th <laughs> pick of the draft, though. I mean, so yeah, but he was, but he was magic for a very brief period of time. You know, not yes. Magic Johnson, but just a magic presence for two weeks. Yeah, in, in 2009. Um, uh, he's cried on the court. It's it's my insanity. As um, but he he. Got a Lithuanian passport. That's uh, Slovenia. For, oh, sorry, Slovenia. A Slovenian passport to play for the Slovenian national team in Eurobasket, mm-hmm. uh, where he was the second best player on, or third, I guess, because wasn't Goran Dragic on that team, John? <laughs> uh, he was, yes. Uh, yeah, Randolph where was he won... really good. Isn't there a guy and on tried the to team? Fight for, did he yeah. almost fight Porzingis in the Eurobasket? He did almost fight Isn't Porzingis. Isn't there another Slovenian player who <laughs> Dragic like, loathes? Sasha Vujicic. Yeah, yeah, Vujicic. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, uh, all right, that's hard to blame him for that one. <laughs> it was like, uh, the, it's a deep rivalry, too. Like, they legitimately really hate each other. It's wonderful. Uh, but, and Anthony Randolph, this is his second year in a row playing on the same team as Luka Doncic, and they're, like, friends. And, like, Anthony Randolph tells Luka Doncic about, like, what the NBA is going to be like. <laughs> Don Nelson. Don Nelson's gonna bench you so, so much. Well, the the great thing too is uh, if you if you casually look at because somebody on Wikipedia is really really uh, rules based, he's listed as an American dash Slovenian basketball player. <laughs> and you're like, what? And then he's he was also born in Germany because his dad was in the military. So it's it's very confusing, and it gives you a very confusing cultural portrait of what he's actually like. I would, I think of him as having the soul of a Slovenian myself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> boy, should have expected that one to happen. Honestly. Uh, <laughs> uh, qu- uh, question three. Oh, jeez, I don't know. Uh, you'll have to forgive me. I had one, and then I realized I'd done it before, and then I... Uh... I oh, how about this? What's the best Shakespeare play? Uh, Joey, you first. Ooh, um, I'm going to say A Midsummer Night's Dream, uh, because it's somehow as old as it is, and it's still, like, the jokes kind of hold up, which uh, is kind of amazing. Uh, also, it's the only one I remember reading in high school. Uh, mm-hmm. And, I mean, they made us read a ton, but it's the only one I remember, like, stuff in it. I like, was... that guy turns into a donkey. There's, like, a magic elf dude. Um, there's probably, like, a love story. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's two separate love stories. I was uh, I was in that play. I played a... I, I, I played a bottom. Did you play bottom? Did yeah. Play you played bottom? I did Good play job. bottom. Thank you. Yeah. I took it. I, I I scooped the I scooped the role for my friend Tristan, who was technically a better actor than me, but I was but I was fatter and funner. <laughs> <laughs> well, were you as hairy 
then as you are now? No, I no no no. I was I was I was a clean boy at the time. Oh, because I was gonna say like I mean, made sense for the donkey head thing. Yeah they yeah could, yeah. Oh thanks. yeah. <laughs> thanks. thanks, JD. Just... Hey, no problem. CS. That my last name is Smith. That's true. <laughs> Uh, uh, three points for Divine, even though he called me a, a hairy monster. <laughs> Just because, uh, you know, you're right. It is a surprisingly, it's like a surprisingly funny play still. Anyway. Uh, Sean Keen, best Shakespeare play. What are you picking? You know, the, I, I would say the one I'm not going to pick is Much Ado About Nothing, because in the same way that Midsummer Night's Dream holds up, Much Ado About Nothing is like it it i would say it has the san francisco movie theater effect of when like you you go see say like a woody allen film in san francisco there's a lot of jokes where people just look at each other and nod like i understood that reference that was great so much ado about nothing is not funny but all your theater dorky people will insist that it's great and hilarious but my my answer about the best play is uh richard the third that's the best because it has the best speeches Al and a real it. evil dude. I've, I've only seen the Ian McCall and I've, I haven't seen Al Pacino's hard hitting looking hey, for bitter documentary. <laughs> this is the winter of our discontent. Ha cha cha. That turned into Jimmy Durante at the end. He does a he's a, a Pacino uh, does a pretty good Shylock as it happens as well. But uh he can. I think when he is is able to calibrate that thing, it works pretty well. Uh, I feel like Richard the Third is not the kind of play that's going to put any kind of ceiling or guidance on an Al Pacino performance. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> get somebody. You know what? You know. You know who Al Pacino needs to play? Hear me out on this. Uh huh. Bottom. Oh, that would be <laughs> like a sort of like like a sort of washed bottom. Like, hey, I'm a donkey. Yeah. I just think it would be a lot. Pacino, if you're listening, get on Broadway, play bottom. It would be fun. I am playing the fool, <laughs> limping around. <laughs> ah, my mistress with a monster is in love. Uh, two points for Keen on that one, I think. Uh, uh, can I say about Much Ado About Nothing? A play I do enjoy. While also recognizing that it, none of the comedy stuff gets pulled off, I actually find Benedict and Beatrice, like, moving. You know what I mean? Like, I find uh, I find these people who uh, who hate each other and get mashed together and sort of become allies i find i find that like uh like uh moving personally but not funny particularly i think i i think i might resent it because of the kenneth Branagh version too i like the kenneth Branagh version there's isn't, a, when they're falling Denzel in love washington there's a, in that yeah yeah yeah, that yeah, yeah, he play, yeah yeah he plays the prince he's a lot of fun michael actually. keaton's in it i just hate oh, the yeah. falling in keaton love is... sequence where they're both swinging on swings yeah, and it's in right. slow motion yeah, and yeah. i'm with you i'm with you i'm with you on the swinging part emma thompson's so good in it though she's great she's great it's, it's specifically kenneth Branagh. yeah brana paul pierce of shakespeare yeah yeah brana remains a little much <laughs> as as he as he tends to do i think the underrated like 
what all time like pantheon worst performances is him in uh his Frankenstein. Like uh, that that people forgot that movie existed. Yeah, I but I couldn't tell you he's anything about remarkably it. terrible. Does he play like, Frankenstein he actually, or the monster? Uh De Niro plays the monster. Good God. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> and it's like it's real it's a real kind of like body horror depiction of the guy and the monster's real articulate. But there's a scene where I think Frankenstein's sister or lover dies or something, and he actually like bites his knuckle in agony. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he was directing it, so it's all his fault. Uh, I also think when he directed Hamlet, he added he added like like he was like Hamlet's not long enough. I'm gonna add a scene. I don't. I think that one didn't. I'm not sure about that one. His Hamlet is four hours long. One time I got really stoned and tried to watch his Hamlet, and I got like halfway through. And I was like stoned. I should have been able to watch anything. Right. And I'm like familiar with Hamlet. It's not like I was confused, you know. Anyway. Just not, he doesn't make things look good, which is of... sort of seems like a big, like even his Thor is not fun at all. No. Uh, his when it, so Ragnarok is th- just the best. It's so good, and it's hard not to watch it and be like, "Why wasn't every Thor movie at least a little bit like this?" <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh. Anyway, Sean Sean brought up San Francisco movie theaters real quick, which uh-huh. reminded me of the time I went to a movie theater in San Francisco to see Little Miss Sunshine the week it came out. (laughs) And I've never been angrier in my entire life (laughs) because I was sitting next to these two middle-aged white ladies who were clearly, like, NBA, I mean, uh, NPR target audience. And literally two minutes into Little Miss Sunshine, one of them leaned over to the other one and went, I can tell I'm really going to like this. (laughs) <laughs> and that is the moment I decided I was going to hate Little Miss Sunshine for the rest of my life. Question four from ESPN. LA Clippers point guard Austin Rivers will be out at least two more weeks because of a right ankle impediment. Impingement. Impingement. Uh, the team announced uh, Rivers has already missed two games and sat out Thursday night's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Rivers, 25, God, young, uh, is averaging a career-high 15-8 points this season for the Clippers. It's not the best news, obviously. He'll be evaluated in two weeks, which doesn't sound great now, so we'll uh, find out a lot more in a couple of weeks. Clippers coach and his dad, Doc Rivers, said uh, before (laughs) Thursday night's game, but listen, this is what we've been dealing with all year, so someone else will step up for us because they have to. That's what we've been doing, and that's what we'll try again. Eh. Well, it's odd he also added. Up there. He, he also added. Milos Teodosic is my son now. Um. <laughs> now my question is this: How loathsome, and in what dimension would their loathsomeness have to reside for you to actively wish injury on an NBA player to take a de- degree of delight in their being waylaid? Is there a player? current and or former who you could already apply this logic to, or is that level of spite just completely foreign to you? Divine you first. Uh, the, the answer to all of these questions is Derek Rose. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, that is how loathsome they have to be, and also it is currently happening right now. They have to be Derek Rose. Um, because I'm pretty into uh, not having to think about or talk about Derek Rose anymore, and that's what happens when he's injured. Five points, Divine. Keen. Yes! <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I generally don't wish injury on people because I feel like what I really enjoy is the Dwight Howard model, like a very <laughs> loathsome person, yes, yes. unfunny, like like terrible with women, like a fake Christian, uh, but yet has like an indestructible body. <laughs> Like, even with a broken back, played, like, a full season with the Lakers and just goes out there and just eats a dick every every night and, and yet still looks like an Adonis, like he should be amazing and just unable to make it happen, alienating his teammates, hated by all, but never, ever injured, always starting. I feel like the Rockets did that when they were getting beat by the Warriors and there was a point when... Um, I think it was Kevin McHale just refused to take him out of the game. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so he was like, he was like still in the game. There were two minutes left. It was like him against Mo Spates. Just... <laughs> he was like trying to flagrant foul people to get out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would say that's, that's what I really want. But in terms of loathsome, Javaris Crittenden. Mm, Actual wow. murderer. Yeah. Uh, Keen, five points. <laughs> You've opened my eyes to levels of hatred and loathing I could only previously imagine. Uh, most spades, by the way. Another guy who I think should probably be in a Don in the, in the Don Nelson poker painting sometime. Oh, for sure, dude. <laughs> oh, they would love each other. Yeah. Oh. Uh. I think I I think he's a little too square, but it's it's too bad that Ryan Anderson didn't get Nelly earlier in his career. I think he'd be a lot happier. Yeah, he'd be a he'd be a he'd be a bong boy now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, what a uh, oh wonderful job or wait, uh, what a wonderful and spirited take throwdown. Wow, you guys actually did pretty well too. Jeez, I'm usually pretty maybe I'm in a good mood, but good takes. Uh, but now it is time to leave the dominion of opinion and stroll into the glorious palace of concrete fact. I have with me right here a card from a set of trivial pursuit sports trivia cards from 1983. Uh, I'm going to read off the questions. The moment you think you know the answer, the 1983 answer, press your buzzer by saying your name. Let's practice pressing our buzzers real quick. Joey. Sean. Thank you. Wonderful job. I will issue one point for a correct answer. Which will also give you a chance to offer a take on the topic. A good take will be worth one point. A scorcher will be worth three. Are we all understood? Yes. Joey. Sean. <laughs> yes, Joey, I that, understand. Joey, that's not the first time somebody made this joke on the show. Oh, sorry. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but... Uh, question one. What's the dish on a baseball field? Uh, Sean. Sean. Home plate. Yes, it is. Home plate. Uh, the term comes from 
Of course, the early day practice of the umpire eating a meal in front of a jeering crowd before the game, <laughs> off of home plate, uh, wolfing down a home plate caked in lasagna while the crowd threw beer bottles and discarded pork ribs at his head, a single tear falling from his eye. Sean, do you have a take on the dish home plate? Uh, I like that it's a term that if from from a very macho hetero oriented sport of baseball and is also like a term for caddy gossip and so calling it the dish makes me think that the catcher's like really just spilling the tea lots of hot gossip for all the guys who step in the batter's box yeah so i really i really like like the idea of like like somebody you know yadier molina basically like the andy cohen of major league baseball (laughs) I was going to say, it's like something Walter Winchell was in charge oh, of yeah. naming. Oh, yeah. see? The donut entrepreneur. Sean, excellent take. Three points. Thank you, Cole. You guys are really bringing the heat today. I hope you don't mind me saying. Question two. What one-time Cleveland Browns quarterback earned a PhD in mathematics when he wasn't studying the playbook? Sean? Sean. Brian Sipe? I'm sorry, not Brian Sipe. Joey, do you have a guess? Uh, not Bernie Kosar. Uh, that would be my guess. <laughs> Technically correct, but not. Uh, not. I'm sorry, not in the uh, uh, values of the show. Uh, it, it was, in fact, uh, Frank Ryan. Uh, he worked for seven postgraduate years under Dr. G. R. McLean, one of the. Uh, finest geometric function theorists and produced the dissertation characterization of a set of asymmetric values uh, of a function holomorphic in the unit disc i could barely read that uh he has an erdos number of three he is familiar with erdos numbers uh yeah it's my second favorite shakespeare play (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like like a really terrible uh, sci-fi movie too. Uh, Erdos number, the Erdos <laughs> <Yeah>. number, <laughs> and like the original working title was something really good, and they're like, no, 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 Erdos number. The Erdos. <laughs> it's about a mathematician who uh, descends into madness as he uh, uncovers murder, malfeasance, something of that nature. Uh, it is. Uh, I know what it is. It, there's a guy named Erdos. Everybody's connected to him anyway. Uh, he, he he was on a lot of papers. Uh, oh, so he's like Kevin like, Bacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It isn't unlike <laughs> the Kevin Bacon number of. In fact, it's called an Erdos Bacon number, technically. Yeah, technically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, never mind. Sorry, that's that's a Kevin Bacon thing. Never mind. Sorry. Uh, question uh, three: What Montreal Canadian star was the second man to score fifty goals in an NHL season? Sean. Sean. Maurice Richard. I'm sorry, it's not Maurice Richard. Oh. Do you have a guess? Um, Noted's hockey academic, I Sean Keen. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a guess. I don't know hockey. It is Bernie. <laughs> I can't. Go ahead. No, please go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I don't think I can name another Canadian. Like, <laughs> Montreal Canadian. Oh, like going. you could name like Dave Foley, could... Michaels. Yeah, yeah. Mike Myers. Andrew Wiggins. Uh, 
uh, Tristan Thompson. Uh, uh, Anne Marie, Anne Marie Canadian. Is that crazy? And Margaret, somebody. I, I just wanted to name a woman. I can't think of any Canadian women. Apparently, oh no. Catherine O'Hara. Oh, yeah. pardon me, Catherine O'Hara. I there you go. Uh, <laughs> the answer. What's her name? Is Tom Green's mom. Um. <laughs> Nelly Furtado. Nelly Furtado's Canadian. Yeah, yeah that's who... why. That's why she has a line about uh, Steve Nash in one of her songs. Oh. I mean, other people know who Steve, Steve Nash, a Canadian, by the way. Uh, yeah. The answer, I think he was born in South Africa, though. She's just ethnically Canadian? I don't know. Okay. No, no, no. Steve no, Nash. Steve Nash. Oh, Steve Nash was born. Uh, his, uh, his dad was an apartheid monster. I think so, probably. <laughs> also, also born in South Africa, I believe Dave Matthews. Yeah, yeah, that one I know. Sure. Everyone in everyone in the Dave Matthews band is from South Africa, except for one guy. He's the modern day Paul Simon. <laughs> and his art Garfunkel is that other acoustic guitar guy. Who? Uh, Tim. Uh, Tim. What's his name? Yeah. Tim. Tim. Old Tim. Fuckface. Yeah. <laughs> Got him. The answer is Bernie Gafrian. I might be saying that wrong. The first was his teammate, Maurice Richard. Uh, Gafrian claimed to have invented the slap shot and died on the day his number was set to be retired by Montreal. I hope that happens to Paul Pierce. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't really. Wait, there's no way that guy invented the slap shot. No, there right? is no way that guy invented the slap shot. He just said he invented the slap shot. Don't get sorry. Don't get me wrong. I there's a there's a guy named Candy Cummings who like swindled baseball for years by claiming he invented the curveball. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I've heard just, of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, he did it. And it was just based on him telling writers and bars that he did it. Uh hey, man. Gato, I, I claim to have invented the uh day after game recap. Uh myself, so Oh yeah, you 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 you, I can't believe Dwyer stole behind the box score from you, yeah. too. <laughs> Dwyer! Uh, uh, question four. <clears throat> what other player joined Chuck Hyatt, Hank Lucetti, and John Schumer, or S. Schomer, in the Hall of Fame on the first ever ballot in 1959? I don't even know what sport this is. That's part of the point of the question, Joey. Uh, Sean. Sean. Steve Woodhouse. I'm sorry, it is not Steve Woodhouse. <laughs> if you can figure out what sport this is, the answer is very easy. Joey, do you have a guess? Um, I'm going to say uh, 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 Pee Wee Reese. I'm sorry. Joey, it is not Pee Wee Reese. <laughs> it is Mike. It, oh, it was George Mike. George Mike. I should have guessed that. If you figured out these dudes, if you figured out these dudes were basketball players, you probably got this right. He was the first big man, and he wore giant ass glasses, and he also lowballed Kareem. 
while running the NBA. Oh, that's, that's the, NBA. Most. the funniest story. That is the funniest story. <laughs> I will admit that my that my <laughs> I know this story beforehand because I have read loose balls, but my enthusiasm for it comes from Tom Sharpling. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, mine. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um. <laughs> by the way, Corbin, I had a very. I felt like I was preparing for the accidentally preparing for this podcast. I'm I'm recording at um my lover's home right now oh. and uh, oh yeah i was listening to the oh, breaks oh. of the game and uh i was behind a, a a car with oregon license plates and a portland license plate holder do you want to guess what kind of car it was uh sounds to me like a vw bug uh, subaru it was a Subaru. It was a Subaru. <laughs> was, an out, was it an Outback? Or a... It was a Subaru Outback, well, yeah. Well, that's the goddamn official car of the motherfucking Pacific Northwest, baby. Yeah. Uh, it's a Subaru that you can fuck in the back of. <laughs> Look, we almost made it to the end of a Take It or Break It without... Uh getting carnal but i'm glad we i'm glad we made it what the, what the, why what do you think people listen for sean no it's true i we would be letting the reader the listeners down, down if i didn't if i didn't say super outbacks are fun to fucking God, i mean you can some... also you can also sell gluten-free dog treats out of the back there's enough you like they can make at home you can do yeah. both <laughs> set the dog treats aside you know then you're fucking the dog go treats for a back. ride yeah <laughs> thank you go for a ride that is how i like to think of love making myself doggy wants a bone Ugh. Ugh. come on man jesus keen unbelievable uh question uh five uh what baseball manager married actress lorraine day john john or sean leo derocher yes it is leo derocher uh, they divorced in 1960. Day was a lifelong Mormon and a Hollywood Republican of note who once said that Nixon was a dude who would go out of his way to help the American people, which was probably wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, would you, uh, uh, Sean, do you have a take on uh, Leo DeRocher or his marriage? Uh, I have a, I do have a take on Leo DeRocher, which is, uh, I've been, I've been reading some baseball biographies recently and it's very clear that anytime they talk about like a guy like Leo DeRocher or like a Billy Martin, that's a real bench jockey. That just means yelling racial slurs from the dugout. Like that's, that's essentially what that always means. And some of that is pre-integration, so it's it's equal opportunity. But like it's Leo DeRocher basically just calling Joe DiMaggio a dago. So does bench. that mean? And that's and that's like the hard-boiled guy that would charm the fans. So Sean, does that mean Lou Pinella was the last of that generation of baseball <laughs> manager? Wait, I don't think Lou Pinella's a racist. I'm not saying he's a racist, but I'm not saying he's not a racist. Oh, dude just yells all the time. From yeah. The I mean, I think I think Tony LaRussa is actually like he's the respectability suburban Trump voter version of that. <laughs> just like <laughs> dog whistles from the dugout all the time. Uh, also fell asleep at a red light while driving drunk. My yeah. favorite thing about Tony LaRusso. Right. My favorite thing about anybody who fell asleep <laughs> driving drunk at a red light. 
Uh, one point for that take, Sean. Uh, oh, uh, sorry. Uh, there was a distraction in my in my room. And the distraction Did you put your foot in chili? Yes, I put my <laughs> foot in chili. You do that once. You, you put your foot in chili once. You never hear the end of it. Oh, last uh, question. What number did Cleveland Browns quarterback Frank Ryan sport? Frank Ryan. Joey. Joey. 11. I'm sorry, it was not 11. Uh, Sean. Sean. 12. I'm sorry, it was not 12. (laughs) You tried to prices right me, bro? It was. Uh, I should have said Erdos. It was. Well, uh, technically true. Uh, It was, in fact... 13. Oh, oh, damn it. You would think as a mathematician, Ryan would pick some number that had profound mathematical significance instead of the jinx number. Although I might suggest that his selection was the product of seeing numbers not as spiritual totems, but as pieces of language devoid of power beyond the page or the things they symbolize. A rationalist choice from a man who lived his life in service to the most esoteric world of science possible. Two, uh, what's his name again? Frank Ryan. Ryan. Uh, to Frank Ryan. This... Paul Ryan's dad. <laughs> uh, that is not true. I don't. I certainly hope not. At least. Uh, anyway, uh, Sean, you won. You got twenty points. Yeah, wow. I got dominated there. Joey, no, you scored a lot, too, yeah, 13, though. Yeah, 13's a good score on here. I'm usually pretty judicious. Sean just really brought the heat today. today. I just had a... Well, and the trivia is kind of my wheelhouse because uh, I was actually a Quiz Bowl champion in 1983. So. I, uh, I was a, a state qualifier in, uh, in, uh, in my day. Joey, you ever do knowledgeable? No. Oh. We, actually... uh, we didn't even have that. I did mock trial. Yeah, I did mock trial, mock legislature, and then uh, in college was in Berkeley Model United Nations, which mm-hmm. is slightly less nerdy than uh, Model United. Like, we put on a conference for high school kids. I we did, not uh, did Model United Nations and went to conferences that your kind mm-hmm. of person put on. My friend Samir has never stopped doing Model UN. He's 32. It's just Model not- UN is... What like, country is he? No, that's not how. No, he just like puts on events for people. Yeah, it's just like what he's always. It's just like his dream is to be a guy who makes money putting on Model UN events. Oh, we wow. did it for the love, I guess. Yeah, but he loves it so much that he like has always wanted to like be be the be the king. And be the the guy who figured out how to make money off of Model UN. <laughs> He's just writing position papers all the time. Yeah, all the, yeah. Maybe you know, maybe Silicon Valley can figure out a way to monetize Model UN. Who knows? I mean, I guess if you're constantly asking other delegates to co-sponsor your re- your resolution, like that's not that much different than going for venture capital funding. C- certainly. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to promote? Uh, yeah, if you're in Los Angeles, I have a, a great weekly stand-up show on Monday nights at a bar called Little Joy. It's every Monday at 9, and uh, I have columns about 
usually about basketball. For it'll be about football for a couple of weeks for Yard Barker, and that's every Wednesday. Uh, and uh, and of course you are the host of Roundball oh, Rock. Yes, Roundball yeah. Rock. Uh, a uh, sports pod, a basketball podcast, which has the worst introduction of all time. <laughs> uh, I can't believe we've done it like a hundred and three times and, too, because the thought going into it was like, "Hey, you want to do that thing to open the show yeah. the first time." The um the first time I listened to it, um, that started and I was mad. I was angry. <laughs> you, ha- I think you were having Dwyer on or somebody, and I was like, "Oh, Kelly's on a podcast. I'll listen yeah. to that." I I always enjoy Kelly on a podcast. Uh, and uh, and I and every time it makes me like a, I've start I've grown like used to it, especially after appearing and discovering that Keen does it live. Yeah, like. Like like you the guest sit there while Keen goes blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and like so, something about that has made it slightly more tolerable to me. But anyway, uh, Joey, well, he picks the name specifically for the guest. Yeah, yeah. yeah Don Pardo customizes. Them. Yeah, <laughs> DP deeps. Uh, I've got to say, GODP goes to Don Pardo. <laughs> I went home for Christmas, Corbin, and my mom agrees with you. Good. She was like. Why does Sean do that to start the podcast? It's, and I it's, was like, because it's funny. <laughs> it's it's been going on for so long too. Like, there's like 130 episodes of Roundball Rock, <laughs> and they all have Sean going, "Bro, Myers Leonard." <laughs> uh, uh, Joey, do you have anything to promote? Uh, just round ball rock. Um, also, I guess I'm on Twitter or you whatever. You comedy sometimes, right? Am I crazy? I do stand up. I haven't done a lot of stand up uh, lately. I've been working on something. Um, but yeah, I do stand up sometimes. Uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Joey, did you know that Joe Devine was the scout that signed Joe DiMaggio? I did not. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. it was not my grandfather. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Who's also whose name is also Joe Devine? What uh, what did he do? Uh, he was a bar pilot in the San Francisco Bay Area. A bar pilot, uh, which means he drove. He was the captain of the tugboats that drives the oh. boats through the bay into the Delta. Oh, did he have like a little telescope he used to look at ships far away? Probably that dude loves boats, man. <laughs> it's still alive. Yeah, and he's still still loving boats. Uh, yeah, he makes. He's still like, tugging. We he, well, he, oh, we do have. My dad does have a model of the tugboat that he made, uh, of his actual tugboat. And then I think there's one of his the sailboat he owned at some point too. The Baygum. The Baygum. Yeah, I don't know why that. I I will never know why that boat was named that. But yeah, yeah he had a boat called people the People in the Bagum. past were stupid. <laughs> Come on, Sean. This was like in the 90s. Oh. Uh, withdrawn. <laughs> people in the 90s were smart. <laughs> anyway, uh, good boat talk. Uh, uh, I'd never have it. Uh, Corbin, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, take it or break it. Promo, or do I? Uh, dunk of the week. Yeah, dunk of the week over on Vice. Yeah, read me dunk of the week over on Vice Sports. Uh, um, I'm, I'm I'm always pitching, always working. You know, 
Uh, uh, rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Five stars only, please. Uh, uh, get on there. Write a nice review. Write uh, Corbin's handsome. Uh, something of that nature. Uh, <laughs> uh, listen to Roundball Rock. It's a lot of fun. Uh, they have fun guests on, and they are fun themselves. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, that's everything. And uh, thank you for listening. So take it or break it. And have a wonderful Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.